what's up? This is Elias from the band Nine Point, and you're listening to The Itch. You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week, we are scratching the itch for a bit of poetry. We had a conversation with the band Taproot, probably best known for the song Poem. And though that song is around 20 years old, they have new music coming out this year. Yeah. That seems to be the the way of things, you know, like 20-year cycles, right? Like (laughs) (laughs) fashion, music, trends, they all, you know, cyclical, right? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the themes of our show is us feeling old or at least <laughs> some of us. <laughs> and one of the things that, you know, Dan will mention, you'll hear in this conversation. And that I've heard made mention of elsewhere is the idea that new metal, these sounds of, you know, around 2000 have had a resurgence, both of the bands that still exist from that era and a ton of bands who cite them as major influences. Yeah, and I'm, I'm loving it. I don't know if I liked rap rock or pop metal or new metal or whatever you want to call it um, as much. I mean, I guess I did the first time around. I, 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 you know, all those bands are the ones that like affecting all of my life. So it was just surreal uh, talking to these guys after 20 years. We were blessed to be joined by Stephen, Taylor and Phil. Yeah. And Taylor being the uh, the newest member of the group. Yeah, you know, and one thing I was I was telling uh, KC this at, at our radio show on Sunday is that, um, and I forgot to mention this, but like I used to be a subscriber of like Circus Magazine and Hit Parader back in my high school years. And like, I remember seeing like the pictures of like Phil and Steven and having them like on my, I'm, I don't know if they were on my wall. I had like so many pictures on my wall. I don't remember who was on there, but um We'll assume they were on there somewhere for a while. Yeah, so like to be staring at him on a computer screen and like having a conversation with him 20 years later was just really surreal for me. (laughs) You know, it's funny. One of the bands that comes up in the interview and as they come up in many of our episodes is the band Nonpoint. And our first interview interaction with them was a similar premise where we had an OG from the band and the new guitarist from the band at the time. Exactly. And so, yeah, this time Phil and Steven been with the band from the start, as far as I recall. And then uh, Taylor is a longtime friend of theirs who will be playing guitar on their upcoming tour dates that are scheduled to coincide with the September release of their new album, Scissors. Now, as for how Taproot ended up being guests on our show. (laughs) (laughs) They were winners of our third annual March Bandness. And the first one was, in fact, Nonpoint, which is another thing to connect it with. And the second one was Cam Cole, and that one took a long time to book after <laughs> the winning was announced, but this one was immediately booked after they won it, so very good. This has to be the quickest turnaround. Yeah. The Cam Cole interview was like June after <laughs> after he won March Madness. Um, it was still great. I'm glad that it happened. Yeah. And that's where it's always a little bit dicey with this, because I'm like, did we book ourselves into a corner with this March Madness <laughs> thing? But so far, it's paid off. So, yeah. And so we we're extremely glad that Taproot was interactive with us on the socials and pushed for their band uh, to to be on top. And of course, it obviously helped them. Um, and then, you know, they were also very, very interactive with us, obviously, uh, to, to help get this interview booked. Yeah, it's kind of a uh, fun social media experiment on our end. And uh, we just like to see what the listeners want to hear and uh, see if the band is open to chatting with us. And thankfully, all of the winners have been. So, St. Louis tradition, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think what I've learned anyway is just when you put, you know, usually eight artists out there and say, hey, in this case, we said, you know, whose return are you most excited about? What you find out is who who does have some of the best relationships with their fans. Nonpoint had that reputation. Cam Cole and, and Marcus, his manager, are, are, are very interactive with people. And uh, we interacted at some point or another with, I think, everybody in Taproot before even booking this. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, these are guys who, especially these bands who have been around for 20, 25 years, whatnot, their listeners and their fans are loyal to them and they're loyal back. Yeah, even the drummer, which unfortunately we uh, we missed both for this interview, but that's that's okay. 
Three out of four ain't bad. Three out of five, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so without any further ado, here is Phil, Taylor, and Steven of Taproot. We've got three guests with us tonight, and this is fantastic. <laughs> We've got Phil Taylor and Steve from Taproots. So that's that's almost the whole band, and that's that's a pretty lucky get. You don't do that too often when we're actually matched up three to three. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're very thankful to have you guys. For anybody listening who did not know, uh, we run a little contest every year for three years now called March Bandness, where we take about eight or so bands, and we kind of have a theme to it. And we just put that out on Twitter for a vote. And we say, okay, hey, who are you interested in here? And this year's theme was returns or comebacks. So we chose eight artists who, in some format or another, were making a return after after a time off. And Taproot was victorious. You guys, who did they beat again? Cold Chamber, Flyleaf? Yep, and Finger Eleven in the finals. In the yep. finals. So nice. quality, quality road to victory <laughs> there. <laughs> I can only Finger Ten. <laughs> it's a great year for you guys to win that contest uh obviously you know you just got got a lot going on uh with it's it's a great time for the return of taproot in my opinion i think now new metal and rap rock and what i like to refer to as pop metal are kind of topping the charts weekly right now well the rock charts so why, why do you guys feel like it's a good time for taproot to come back now because the record's done <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say done, but no, I mean, uh, you know, why not promote something that's not due till September? We're, we're going for it. Yeah. So it's done enough that you put that deadline on it and you're like, well, we're going to have to finish it now because we told everybody we were. So, yeah, no, I mean, it's awesome that we have like 19 record release shows before the records release. Yeah. That is phenomenal, actually. Yeah, we we've been watching those tour dates uh, keep on keep on adding up. Did it start with just the show or two at the machine shop, and then you're like, oh, there's a great response to this. Let's just keep going. Is that kind of how that worked? Yeah. Well, originally it started with Blue Ridge Rock Festival, um, and that's when I talked to Taylor. I said, hey, dude, we're doing one show this year. Um, do you, you know, would you like to play with us? And uh, he's like, sure, of course. You know, so. Um, you know, we, we've known Taylor forever. And then, yeah. And then, and then we decided, oh, you know, Steve's record's going to come out this year. That's a long story, but I won't get too much into that, but, you know, got the record going and then decided on the album release party, you know, do something with machine shop. And yeah, it was, we had the idea of maybe doing more, but we wanted to see how the machine shop went. And the response was just so overwhelmingly good that we couldn't help, but want to do more, right. And see what else we could do. And then it's just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. Just so you guys know, Phil's like he should be a manager in the business. <laughs> yeah. He's he's got a good gig like everyone else but me as a normal job, but no, Phil's <laughs> but no, Phil Phil's on it, so I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Well, team effort with Tom Hazart, who uh also got me inspired and kind of we you know, just start talking. And uh, as I keep saying in these interviews, as we start, it started out as, Hey, do you want to do some taproot skateboards with your first three album covers and turned into record deal t-shirts, uh, you know, the, all these shows, the whole thing just kind of snowballed when we weren't planning on doing much. And all of a sudden Taylor's got to learn a whole bunch of songs <laughs> for a lot more shows. Yeah. I finally just got that list the other day too. <laughs> it's like, yes, I can start doing it now. I'll take a quick shout out to to shill this stuff right now. Taprootmerch.com. You can get those skateboards that Phil was just talking about with the album covers and basically anything else that you could imagine wanting that has the Taproot name on it, including the music. So I think you're the first band that I've ever encountered that had skateboards. So that's pretty sweet. 
Well, if you go to Volatile, they actually there's a whole bunch of bands, which is why they I ah. was interested. Like I went there, I'm like, okay, this is legit. Right. First <laughs> off, was like, this isn't just some whatever. I mean, you showed me like the helmet stuff, the you know, Fear Factory, um, all, all sorts. Like you know, you name it, they're they're kind of on there. You know, and it's like, okay, this is legit. This isn't just some you know, whatever. Like somebody doing skateboards in their basement. They have a legit company. Um, all sorts of merch. And so partnering with them was a really good deal, you know, especially because we don't have to hardly do anything. They just make everything for us, ship it out for us. Um, Cause we used to, I used to do it all, you know, from home and had stamps.com and shipping out our merch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man, a yeah. in the butt, you know? So yeah, happy to not do anything anymore. with regards to our merch. <laughs> Wonderful. So one of the things that we find so fascinating doing the podcast is how connected everything can become. And this conversation is going to be one of the most connections that we've ever had. And we're excited to discuss all of them. One of those being our brothers in Patio Slave, which Phil, you've been on their show three times or two times, two times, three parts. Right. uh, (laughs) But uh, so shout out to those guys. We've uh, we've actually collaborated and been on each other's shows in the past. And uh, I think yeah, we we talked about you guys on the pod, on the pod, Patio Slave podcast. And that's why I knew of you guys. So whenever I saw you guys' name, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I know those guys. <laughs> yeah, we're awesome. kind of we call each other doppelgangers because we have we're very we're kindred spirits <laughs> from different parts of the country, right? Um, so self-proclaimed music nerds, definitely. Yes. yes. <laughs> but in addition to that, we're also connected with a couple other bands that you guys are familiar with, including a great friendship with Eva Under Fire. We've had Eva on as uh, a guest on our show four times. She's a straight up regular. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Michigan band. We're, we're looking forward to doing those shows with them. They've, they've, we've gotten them on. I don't know, it's a large handful of shows, right? Like I don't, I don't yeah. remember exactly how many, but yeah, quite a few. Um, they're coming all the way out to New York with us, which is cool. Yeah. We're excited that you guys have them on because we're actually planning to attend your sunday october 1st machine shop show oh nice awesome man we'll be there <laughs> somehow hopefully all, <laughs> so hopefully all three of us it's road trips we're based in st louis well these two are i'm in That's chicago yeah okay. you're closer yeah we've taken to the occasional road trip lately because we're just we're really enjoying what's what's happening with all of this and then and, and seeing and supporting artists so especially those who have given us their time so yeah well, yeah man thank you yeah, so excited to check you guys out in your your home environment, as well as Eve Under Fire as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got Heartsick on that show as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, we we've done shows with them in their uh, in their previous band called No Life. You know, their uh, their singer Alfonso. He does Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and you know we're gonna probably roll one of those days on that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so good things to look forward to. Yes, I don't do ecstasy anymore, so I won't be doing any roll. <laughs> different kind of <laughs> we appreciate that i think in most way <laughs> at least if we're going to be like face to face like <laughs> yeah. it could it could make for an entertaining show though steve's gonna start rubbing your shoulders <laughs> yeah it got real personal <laughs> at the taproot show ignore my wife she's ignoring me so it's party well there you uh, we'll invite you as you are it's all good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're excited to visit the machine shop for the first time because it's a it's a, a pretty big deal as a venue yeah it's an awesome club so how did you guys get connected with eve under fire and the other opening bands like trawl and things like that uh let's see how did that work out well i've known of eva under fire for quite a while they're you know they're an up-and-coming michigan band so of course we know of them you know we're still um barely connected to the music scene, even though I'm down in Cincinnati now. And then, uh, yeah, when we're looking for bands that would want to play with us, I'm honestly with them. I wasn't sure if they'd want to, cause you know, they're, they're kind of, you know, they're pretty big. They can, I think they could sell at the machine shop by themselves, but, yeah, um, they were down to do, do the shows with us. So it, it was great. You know, both them and Heartsick were just like, you know, awesome. Um, awesome lineup for those days, you know? And then, uh, we got never the crash. Who's uh, old friends of ours? We've known those uh, the guitarist for them. Don, uh, he was in like one of our playing on the porch at a friend's house shows when he was like thirteen or fourteen years old. Him and his buddies were you know just young and fresh, and we let them play on our instruments back, way back before we were signed. 
And then we have See This Through, who's our friend, uh, Shane, uh, Shane Grush. He's a producer. He produced these guys. He got us connected to them. So, I mean, this whole thing, um, all these shows, we have connections to somebody somewhere, like you guys were talking about. You know, we got Smile Empty Soul coming on some of these shows. Um, I play bass for them for a couple tours. And we've obviously known them forever. Um, who else are on these things? We've got a uh, September morning. Yeah, September morning. Yep. With uh, actually last time, one of the last times I saw Smile Soul, I saw their guitarist Rich at the show. All right. Cool. And we also heard like in a previous interview that uh, I guess Boy Hits Car was potentially you were trying, I guess, to get them on the show. And I, I think it fell through. Which yeah, dude. Uh, I'm so love that. That was my. That yeah. was my. That was my thing. Like, I mean, I, I didn't even ask the guys. <laughs> I was working on on my own. I'm like, let's get Boy Hits Car out here. <laughs> that would have. <laughs> Were you surprised like how receptive everybody was to joining these shows? Yeah. I mean, uh, we've been out of the scene for a while. And when we uh, last, I mean, we thought that we, we always had good Michigan shows. So that was cool. But being this whole thing where everyone's, you know, regardless of the part of the country is, is just interested in us um, again, after not doing anything for however many years, really outside of Michigan, we haven't done anything in what, 11 years, I think. Um, something like that, 10, 10 years, something like that. So yeah, I mean, I guess our time away was well spent somehow. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, we're like the new Poison Crew Tour. Right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> All we had to do is go away for a while. Right. As long as you don't kick one of the members out of the band. And, oh. and, and then just claim this is your last tour ever, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's that part. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor, I want to know, you know, since we're on this, how did this all come together? I'm very curious to hear your stories, how you became involved in, in these shows and uh, oh, as wow. part of the act. Apparently, you guys have known each other a while, but beyond that. Yeah. So um, I was originally in a band from the Gulf Coast. So I'm from Mississippi. I'm not even from Michigan. Okay. Um, but uh, my first real U.S. tour was in 2013, and um, it was with the boys in Taproot. And prior to that, we did a club show at the Soul Kitchen in Mobile, Alabama, which was one of our bands. Like that was one of our staple venues that we could always get people to. So we got asked to open that show. And then I think a few months later, we were playing CPR Fest together, which is put on from 97.9, my local rock radio station, kind of like the riff up here in Detroit. And um, just I walked up to Phil side stage at CPR Fest and like tapped him on the shoulder i was like hey man like you remember me and he's like yeah taylor from soul kitchen i was like the fuck did you just say like <laughs> what like wow okay like you remember me that's fucking weird but cool and uh mind you taylor, 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 taylor rips on taylor rips on guitar right i don't just remember everybody by any means <laughs> you know what i mean and he was a cool dude we talked afterwards the whole thing man so he's a good dude so anyway go on <laughs> Uh, this isn't going to become a thing, I promise, but I'm going to take another minute to sell something else. Uh, Taylor's in a, got another band called Writing with Killers that put out a track called Hostility that you can find on our New Rock Roundup playlist. Oh, hell yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Man. You're, you're, like uh, the you're like the advertising that interrupts the video. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. don't have commercials. We're our own commercials. <laughs> yeah, we, right. <laughs> but at least they're promoting us, so it's all good, man. All good. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, <laughs> it won't become a thing. But while we're on the topic, let me just slide right. that in there real quick. <laughs> yeah, thank you, man. Uh, I actually just found out from uh, from my publicist that uh, the video is going to be uh, and all and a, like a bunch of gyms uh, nationwide in North America from Planet Fitness, Gold's Gym, Twenty Four Hour Fitness, and LA Fitness. So I just got I just got that the other day. So the track's been doing pretty cool, man. That's sick. Yeah, it's fitting. It's a it's a lot of adrenaline going on in there. So that makes sense. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, it it also means a lot to me in a different sense of the fashion because like I used to. Uh, so I, I'm only five eight. I'm really I'm like the shortest dude in Michigan. <laughs> um but like i i was i weighed 245 pounds at one point and um and i i was just really depressed and uh i ended up losing like 95 pounds so it's kind of cool that that music can now hopefully be some inspiration for somebody else on that same journey because it's not an easy journey to go through so uh it's, it's got it's got layers you know there, there's a lot of cool cool things you know all the way around that's awesome we may have to talk later because that's that's part of my journey right now. So absolutely, man. I need to hear the secrets and the motivations anytime. 
Yeah, congratulations on that journey, by the Thank way. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate that, man. Is that why you keep sending me topless pictures, Taylor? <laughs> I just want I just want you to like me. That's what that's about. <laughs> so this is the real story of how he got in the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. 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 Um, so yeah, we, we did the uh the 2013 winter tour together, and I uh I felt like I got spoiled on that tour because every single person was just super nice. Um, I got really close to the guys and, and especially Dave Coglin, who was playing drums for them. And, um, you know, I, when I quit my band from the Gulf coast, I, I, I knew I wasn't done with music and I was like, fuck it. I've been talking about writing with Dave forever. And so I called him and I was like, yo, what's up? I was like, I just quit my band. I'm going to move to Michigan. We're going to write some songs together. And he was like, yeah, okay. And then I showed up and he went, oh shit, you're here. And so we started writing at the end of, uh, I'd say, end of 2018, early 2019, and then COVID. So we did a bunch of writing. Like Dave's actually the drummer you hear on Hostility. And, um, you know, between myself, him, James Laskew, um, Tim Krukowski, I've been doing a lot of writing up here. And uh, I just got back from Sweden actually two days ago from doing a record out there with Jacob Herman that I am exceptionally proud of. Like we did something really cool and I can't wait to get that one out there. So it's been busy, man. But um, basically through me writing with Dave, you know, um, I know Dave probably sent some songs to Phil that we were doing and uh, you know, I was just keeping active uh, and I played a couple shows so far with the, with the band, you know, like opening for Tremonti and uh, Seven Dust three doors down, um, Seether, Bad Flower, a bunch of bands. And so I just kind of started getting back into stuff. I just signed with Gibson Guitars and it just kind of created a, a perfect storm um, for me to come on as Taproot's guitar player because I, I never wanted to be in two bands mm -hmm. at one time because, you know, I want to focus on my art and do my thing. But whenever Steve and Phil hit me up, like I threw my phone across the room and started crying and I was like, all right, I'll do it for them. Like, <laughs> it's like well, I, I had real moments with Taproot growing up, man. Like I remember yeah. being 10, 11 years old and seeing their music video. Cause I caught the tail end of MTV before it started sucking ass. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, like my, my friends and I would freak the fuck out when we would see Taproot, Mudvayne, Corn, Lincoln yep. Park, you know, we we're new metal kids through and through. And, um, you know, so th th it's, it's like a whole thing, man. Like I, I wouldn't be where I'm at now without the music from these guys and the other bands that I listed. So like to get to join, you know, and, and, and play some of these songs that like I used to listen to on the radio and like, wow, I want to do that someday. And it's like, it's, it's crazy. And, and what's even crazier is um, my journey to Michigan started with Dave inviting me up for the last time that Tapper did the machine shop shows. And so the next time they're doing it, I get to be the guitar player. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I just want to make sure that everyone knows that I told Taylor not to name his band Riding with Dave. <laughs> <laughs> man you, you made me feel really old when you're like yeah i was 10 or 11 when i first started listening to taproot and i was like what the fuck hold on like, was, like for for me like it, this is surreal too and, and just kind of touching base on, on what you just said uh, yeah I, I saw you guys i think it was back in 2001 with nonpoint on that tour and like the, so 20, just to be talking with you 20 some odd years later, I can't do math. So uh, like 22 years later, this is just surreal for me, to be honest. And um, I'm, I'm super excited for your band because I truly think that now is a great time to kind of make the comeback. And you know, like I said, with the rock music kind of trending the way it is. Uh, and I think you guys have a uh, best of B-sides coming out very soon here. And so I, I just want, I was curious. So we have a segment at the end of our interviews called rapid fire questions. And one of these questions is a song, what song you're especially proud to have written and 90% of the artists always state, and it's one of our toughest questions because it's like choosing between their children. So that has me wondering, so whose job was it to narrow down 130 songs to 18 tracks for your <laughs> upcoming best of B-sides on April 30th? Cause that sounds like a terrible job. 
<laughs> um, if you listen to Best of B-Sides, it's really not that hard to find the ones that sound good and the ones yeah. that don't. So that half, <laughs> half it narrows itself because some of those are literally just, I mean, they're cool demos, but they're demos, right? They're just, yeah. you know, some of them, uh, you know, Steve recorded all on his own on like what, like an eight track or something, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like an ADAT. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, um, but for me, it's just essentially, I think it was ended up being like two songs per era or something like that. And um, okay. really, again, I didn't consult the guys. I just kind of did it. I, I did talking, <laughs> t- talking to Tom. I just kind of picked the ones that I felt represented that time period and just ran with it. And then we and then end up finding two songs that weren't on any, on the best of B sides uh, from the episodes, our original episodes thing, which was cool. So those are on the on, on the best of B side. So a couple of extra things for someone that even has it. It's like a couple of extra little things on there, and it's remastered. And I've heard the songs remastered. It, it does bring a, a little extra life to it, which is cool. That's one of my favorite songs by your band is a song that was actually included on the Dracula 2000 soundtrack called Day by Day. And I was just curious if that was on the best of B sides by chance. It is not mainly okay. due to not sure if it's allowed to be. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> that is fair. So we just left that off. Like any of the official B sides are not on best of B sides, which is kind of, I don't know. It just is what it is. There's another B side I, I want to touch on that I was listening to the other day. And that is a track that has a story behind it. It's called, well, I, from what I understand, it came to be known as Kevin Spacey. So not necessarily a name that people are talking a lot about right now, but in this context, we're going to. That, that one didn't age well, did it? <laughs> no, the name certainly didn't. Uh, and what the cool thing about that, and it was cool and tragic at the same time, there was the, the story that I've heard about that track was that um, there was a, at one point plans for Lane of Alice in Chains to do some vocals for it, um, which did not come to be due to his passing. However, I've been listening to this one lately, and I got to say, instrumentally, I think it is one of the cooler songs in you guys' catalog. So I'm going to put a little pitch out real quick that if there is a way to resurrect that somewhere in the future, I would I would explore that path because I think you still got something, even if you didn't you know, end up getting Lane. I think there are other people out there that might pull it off. We mentioned maybe before we started recording, I don't remember, obviously a massive ask, but we mentioned Maynard. Is a guy who would kill on vocals yeah. to a track like that. Oh. Um, I'd also throw out Pete from Chevelle as a as a vocalist who I think could really nail something there. So right. at some point in our interviews, we always kind of pitch something to the band. <laughs> and yeah. so this is my pitch for Taproot to resurrect uh, the Kevin Spacey song. <laughs> well, Maynard, if you're out there listening, <laughs> yeah, we'll take care of that for you. Actually, I, I would. Yeah, we'll find. We'll track him down in his vineyard and and get get it all set up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sweet. No, well, the thing that sucks to me is that the the version that you guys get to hear, we don't have the rights or don't at least have the recording of the studio recording, like the proper actual song. That's just us playing to a click track, rehearsing mm-hmm. the actual song that Lane would have sang on. So that's kind of a, a bummer. We'd have no idea how to figure that out, but like the actual album version is even better than what you've heard before too. That's wild. Nice. Well, and speaking of, of great singers, you know, Steven, you have a, a beautiful singing voice. That's very unique and sounds quite different from your talking voice too. So I'm, I'm curious if you've ever been asked to do any kind of collaborations with any other artists. Oh, I've done a shit ton, but I realized after listening to so much new or listening to so many songs to reacquaint myself and realize how many people have the wrong lyrics. Oh, <laughs> um, I, st- I thought welcome that I actually sang. Well, I realize I still sound like Kermit the frog on every <laughs> fucking record. <laughs> <laughs> That's just your opinion. I think you have a beautiful voice, man. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very unique too. Oh, well, thank you. I- do, you do you want to be our guitarist? <laughs> oh <laughs> how do you look how do you how do you look shirtless <laughs> that's not one of the itch's strong suits yeah we have faces for radio uh then never mind we'll yeah. keep taylor we'll keep taylor yeah we have faces and bodies for radio. don't sound so, so disappointed man i guess i'm out of here <laughs> band grows through lineup change mid podcast <laughs> that's my press release i'm sending out here 
biggest <laughs> swerve ever. It was a heck of a swerve. Hired before the first show, man. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we talked about the B sides album. Oh wait, hey, aren't you gonna tell us when the, when the album's out? What's that? Aren't you gonna tell us when the album comes out? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our little side commercial here coming up. Yeah, yeah commercial. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about the B sides album coming out, I believe, uh, a week or so after this recording at the end of April. And then uh, come September, we've got a new album called Scissors. September 29th. There we go. What's what? Five months. Five months almost to the day. Okay. Yeah. Got to space all the good stuff out, you know? Three days after my birthday. Yeah. It's a big master plan I can see that they've got here. (laughs) Yep. Throw a week on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, From what I understand, everything on this new upcoming album, Scissors, was created by you, Steven. So were you always kind of the main driving creative force throughout the band's history, or did that just kind of morph that way over time? Oh, I wouldn't say that, but I have and say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll speak for Steve on that one. He he is definitely um one of the you know the the main driving force for Taproot, always has been. And so I understand like currently right now, everybody's practicing their parts separately. I believe uh, I heard an interview in one interview, you said you're basically trying to learn about 28 different songs. So I'm just kind of curious, like when the band starts playing some live rehearsals or even maybe during sets, you know, if the creative juices start flowing, is that something that you would embrace and kind of let flourish and just continue to write more music if it comes up? Well, yeah, I I think time and personal lives between all of us. I mean, we're all like, I'm probably going to quit my day to day job just to do these, you know, handful of shows and then go back on unemployment or something. Just I want to do it again. But uh you know, we can't do a full run of stuff and I am inspired to write more, but it's like really cool to know. I mean, Taylor is fucking killing it. His own personal shit is like right on par. His shit's going to sound way better than this shit that I did. (laughs) Dude, like literally, I I wish I would have called Taylor knowing like, dude, do you have a fresh guitar pick and a fair, you know, fresh pair of strings? I didn't restring a guitar. I didn't use a fresh pick. I was using like a 1987 sponge pick. Oh, shit. <laughs> Dead honest. Dead honest. You got him pretty good there. You got both the guys pretty good on that one. <laughs> Well, no, the sponge pick was amazing. It was just used on a bass. And then Taylor's obviously, I, I, if I knew Phil was going to make this my back and do it a different way, then I'd go back. But this record's going to sound like shit. So let's just promote it before (laughs) Killers kills it. (laughs) I don't know if I've ever heard that strategy before. (laughs) It's like the Primus sucks strategy almost. Yeah. Yeah, right. Stephen Richards, uh, master marketer. Yeah. <laughs> you can listen to it or not. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's the pitch. Oh, guys, guys. I mean, literally, my lyrics and my feelings are so self-deprecating. People understand it. So I think it's going to work. It works for our fans. Yeah, yes. if it's worked this long, it, no, there's no reason it shouldn't now. So. <laughs> I mean, Taylor was a fan in elementary school, so I know we're winning. Yeah, right, right, right. Yep. 100%. Yeah. Uh, hey, if you if you like that, if you like that Kevin Spacey B-sides, then this record's going to sound awesome. <laughs> this is the one for you, all right. So getting back to the upcoming album that's coming out later this year, from, um, Nonpoint is one of our favorite bands, and they've been great guests in the past, and you'll – you all have known each other for a long time, even shared some DNA in a previous guitarist. We've heard a rumor that they may have some involvement in the new album. Could you shed any light on that rumor or speak to your relationship with those guys? Steve? How oh, do we lose them? <laughs> all right. So I'll answer. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> guys, can you hear me? Oh, there it is. Now we there can. There you are. Stand in the spot on my terrible phone. I heard Nonpoint, who's amazing. And then what happened? <laughs> oh. <laughs> We're asking uh, just about your relationship in general. And then we had heard a rumor that they might be involved in the new album in some capacity. Yeah, we had Rob play drums on one song. Nice. That's awesome. That's, that's such, not true. That's such a lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, our hopes were so high. I don't know. I think 
certain people know what's going on, but I think we're saving it for the grand finale. Hey, oh, <laughs> all right. Are we? Because I've talked about it and it's on our it's on our website. <laughs> <laughs> like when you look at the track listing, it lists his name. Oh. <laughs> I think. I don't know. Oops. If I... <laughs> Cats out of the bag. I don't even know all our show dates. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Go see Taproot on tour. You might see Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to hitch a ride, so I'll be there. But <laughs> there is a performance one of the band members from Nonpoint who happens to use his voice. Okay. <laughs> I can't confirm what Phil said, that that is, in fact, on their website. So it is it is out there in the public as well already. <laughs> well, that's cool. Well, maybe I'll change it then. Whatever. <laughs> there you go. So <laughs> Listen, Elias, thanks for everything. We're going to go a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about going, like, how would Sia write this? Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> the real thing is they'll have Jason Zielstra be the, the guitarist instead of Taylor. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's after my baritone. He wants it. Speaking of which, Taylor, I need some fucking guitars. I'm fucked. I mean, I got a couple you can borrow for sure. <laughs> yeah, we're working on it. No, I know, but uh, <laughs> shit, what was the last thing I was? Odd. I'm working on it. I'm working on a vehicle as well to get us through these shows, so we, none of us might make it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I was wanting to kind of touch base on is that uh, basically you guys are kind of doing all these shows like on the weekend. I, I think I've heard you refer to them as the weekend warrior shows. Um, and, and honestly, that kind of seems to be a growing trend in rock music where band members' main priorities are not really band central. They're more so focused on, you know, their own lifestyle or their own uh, mental um, health. And so I'm just kind of curious, currently, does Taproot feel like a side project for the band members or, or, you know, and if that's the case, do you think that will change as, as more shows, as you play more shows and release more music? Well, clearly for sure it does. <laughs> that's fair. So I, I don't know if side projects the right word. It's just um, the change in our lives, you know, uh, with kids and jobs and not being able to go out for two months at a time. It uh, just doesn't really make sense with where we're at. And for me, the way I looked at it is, you know, we've toured the country many, many times. And what I'm looking to do with this is still visit everywhere we always visited but not do it in these long stints and do it, you know, tour the country three, four times a year, but just do it kind of once a year, kind of make our rounds around the U S and just hit all this, you know, close enough that people can drive to us. Um, you know, like three shows in like the Florida area or three weekends in the Florida area, three weekends in like the Texas area, a couple weekends out on the West coast, whatever it is, you know, two, three weekends everywhere that we can make it to. And, you know, still be able to do it for our fans and do it for ourselves and just have a good time doing it, but not make it so we're burnt out or that it feels like a job. Just keep it exciting. You know, this whole thing was, you know, we, we offered a tour on this thing that might have worked, but I was just like, I'm not excited about that. It's just because mm -hmm. of the timing of it, opening slots. It's just like, I want to be excited. I want our fans to be excited. I don't want our fans to see us for 30 minutes. I want them to see a full show. You know, if they're going to first time seeing us, I want them to see a full show and I want it to be something everybody's excited about. Like these machine shop shows when they sold out in 30 minutes uh, for the first two shows each, you know, that was obviously there's some excitement there. Yeah. And that's something they, they know what they're going to get. They know they're going to get a headlining taproot show. and It's going to be a good time. One of the things I've heard Phil reference to is like, uh, at least a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday's pushing it. But like, why would you want to go to a bar on a Tuesday? Yeah, right. That's a good point. You know, because our, our fans are older now. You know, we have still some young fans, but a lot of our fans are our age or a little bit younger than us. We've got jobs, we, you know, got to get up in the morning. And people like to go out when they see a show and have a good time. Yeah. Drink a few beverages, stay up a little bit late. There you go. And that's we want them to do that. And we want to do that with them, you know, so have a good time on, on, on the road. And uh, yeah, just these weekend things just seems to make more sense. And again, I've got a job. I've got a family. I always knew even before this, um, before I got married, that I did not want to be on the road and have kids. That's just something that I, I knew I couldn't do. And so 
I know I still can't do that. I've not, you know, so I've got another 15 years or something until I can do that. So <laughs> I can say as an older fan, uh, we appreciate it because usually after a concert, I need like a day of rest. My back is sore. My, <laughs> my neck too, is right? sore. So I truly appreciate it. It's a recurring, a recurring topic on the itch is, is uh, us being old. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize months ahead of time that you will not enjoy the third night in a row at the machine shop. That you're oh. <laughs> <laughs> Probably could not handle that. Nope. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting to play again, though. And also just, I mean, again, logistics of how we're going to do this. We're still working on um because we don't have a van and trailer anymore. We don't have a, you know, we're not going to pay for a bus for weekends, you know? Sure. But we're going to figure out something. We'll make it work. We're definitely excited about it as, as previously covered. Yeah. It's going to be really cool. You guys ready to move on to the the finale here? Yeah. I think we're good. All right. So this last section, we like hey, wait, said, wait, real quick, we need the advertiser to mention our VIP experiences at these, all these live shows, <laughs> right? You're going to have to sell that one. I I'm, I'm not as familiar with it just yet. So. <laughs> so we have vip packages for all these shows um you go to like that same volatile website it, it sort of is like the hub for everything i think it's like taproot vip or vip taproot and you know you you, you had some cool merch and then you get to hang out with us for a little bit we're figuring out some neat things that we're going to do at the shows and just, just talk to you guys and sign some stuff and just have a good time again before the show and some exclusive stuff something like that sounds fun Looks like there might be a shirt involved if I'm understanding this correctly. Yeah, on the website, a shirt, so. yeah, yep, yep, yeah. A specific, yeah, a shirt for you and a few other things I don't really remember. But if you go to the website, what's what's the website on there? <laughs> Taprootmerch.com. Taprootmerch.com. Yeah, <laughs> if you're there, don't try to talk to us. You have to pay for it, and then you get a free shirt. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Which you say that in jest, but it's like it's a real commonplace part of the music industry at this point is the vip experience and i i get it from a lot of perspectives especially sort of what we're touching on with the you know you know is this a, a side project or a part-time thing is like it's hard to have to make money and have a career in music and you got to figure out how to engage your fans and make what you're doing profitable at the same time so yeah this this is a cool way of doing both and it works for a lot of artists so it does involve both but at the end of the day the people that will pay, which is fucking awesome, they'll get the best experience because we've always been really good with our fans. Even myself, the deprecating, hating self, like I've always been good with the people. Like they're the ones that make me survive. And Phil and Jared, even Dave, like we're more than happy to talk to people. But when you do the VIP package, <laughs> <laughs> The very happy ending experience. All right. <laughs> well, to your credit, you can you can tell that that must be true that you guys are good with your fans because otherwise, I mean, there there are bands out there that they're semi inactive for a while and they kind of come back and it's met with a shrug. To be honest, you guys come back and selling out venues, so obviously there's something to that for sure. And by the way. My last comment actually was dead serious for the first half, and then I went to my normal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Anything Stephen says, consider a coin flip on whether it is true or not. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> There'll be an ending. It might not be happy. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so our last section that we usually uh, wrap these interviews up with again, we call it rapid fire. It's not usually that rapid. It's especially not that rapid when you're talking with three people, instead of just asking the questions to one person, but we'll let you guys figure out the order in which you want to respond, but we're going to throw this question out there for all three of you. The first one on here, what is a song or an album that changed your life? You only want one. You could throw out multiple. It could be at any point in your life too. And change your life in any capacity. That's a very open-ended question. Well, to me, <laughs> the beginning would have been Metallica and Justice for All, because back then I was strictly a drummer, and that was the first time I heard like the double kick pattern. So that was a life changer. But then for me, Dirt by Allison Chains, that's the one I taught yes. myself guitar to. And so that one was really cool to me. And it's like kind of crazy in hindsight, knowing that we could have got to work with them and how important that record is. 
mm-hmm. and also self-promoting one of our new singles called favorite song which is about singing to songs that you don't really know all the lyrics to i taught myself guitar to dirt and didn't realize that you know the whole record lyrically was about him basically dying from his addiction and stuff mm-hmm. i was just guitar to it so to me it would probably be dirt i'll go with the first corn record to me that just um like the vibe of that record just the sound of that record just completely changed the way i i don't know i just thought music could be you know it just had such a different thing it just changed what the the music i was listening to and how i listen to music um i listen to that record a lot and I remember Steve coming over and helping me learn some of those bass lines and <laughs> what, what was going on on that record. Keep talking about Philly. You started flappadapping. <laughs> <laughs> the king of fucking noodles. <laughs> like the only thing I could teach Phil was here is the root notes, like for the demos that I wrote. And Phil took everything and made them his own. I did not teach him how to slap like Fieldy's. That's kind of what I was going to say. I don't think until I heard, until I first discovered corn, I don't think I'd ever heard a, a bass that was tuned so low that it sounded like the string was about to actually fall <laughs> off of the guitar. <laughs> well, also what I always say is like, just because these are my influences or people I live, rather just because they were like, I big Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, big Jamiroquai fan, um, you know, Victor Wu and all this. Um, mm-hmm. I don't try to emulate those guys. I don't try to sound like those guys. I like to learn their songs and, and just got to feel for what they do. But, um, you know, I certainly listen to me play. I don't sound like those guys, you know, but they are guys I look up to for sure. And for anyone that doesn't know, Phil can do all of that amazingly. Even Victor Wooten, one of the best, <laughs> like, he, he does that shit, but he's stuck playing my nonsense, but <laughs> actually puts a flavor on it i just i follow the root notes like a dumb <laughs> then he no he he does bass <laughs> bill is amazing like for anyone that doesn't know he's way better than teaching acoustic guitar notes and fucking just <laughs> flappity dappity he, he does- <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first coming next the taproot funk album it's gonna happen <laughs> what about you taylor Ah man, God, that's such a hard question. It's I always hate this question because there's so many, so many. Um, if I had to narrow it down to let's say maybe two or three, uh, Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy by Elton John. Um, that was my first concert ever, so I feel like I got super spoiled with that. My mom's really cool. Awesome. Um, she, she raised me on, on, on that record and, and, and meal ticket is just such, such an incredible tune. That wasn't even a single off of that record, but, uh, Davy Johnstone's one of my favorite guitar players. And, uh, I just think the whole band really shines through on that record and, and that song especially. Um, but I would say that like kind of blew my mind and still blows my mind to this day, uh, the self-titled Slipknot record um it's just so loud and angry and aggressive and uh it speaks to how i felt a lot when i was growing up and i learned to scream to that record um i blew my voice out so many times and a fun story was um you know my my friend caleb who uh introduced me to like taproot and all, all these bands um you know they i got to listen to that record at, a, at a, his house and uh his parents would let him have unedited cds back when they still did that well i finally got my grandmother to buy me the self-titled slipknot record from walmart because it said it was edited <laughs> so i popped that i popped it into my 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 walkman disc player and i go to surfacing track five and i'm just waiting i'm like man this is gonna fucking suck and then I just hear "fuck you all" right <laughs> when the lyrics come in. And I was like, "Wait a minute!" And I looked at the CD. And I was like, "It said it was edited." And then I went through the whole record, and I'm freaking out. My grandma's like, "What's up, Jenny? What's going on?" And I'm like, "Nothing, grandma. It's fine." And I'm like freaking out, like, "Oh my god, I've got the unedited record in my hands right now." And uh, it was the coolest shit ever. So I feel like that was maybe Slipknot's joke to the parents or something at that point, but. It was like the metal gods were like, here you are, my child, take and listen. (laughs) 
so, can only listen to this album with headphones and nothing else basically <laughs> that record was so secret <laughs> and i will say like my i gotta put my mom a blast a little bit i love you though mom um <laughs> so i had the mud vein record the end of all things to come and she read the lyrics to that record and she threw it out. And I was like, where's my Mudvayne CD? And Bob was like, I threw that devil worshiping shit out. And I was like, what? And uh, yeah, it kind of hurt my heart a little bit. Still upset about it. <laughs> it really, that's really funny. My mom, I, I, I love her too. She also was very supportive as we were, as I was growing up. The only CD that she ever threw out, funny enough, was Olympus Get Album. Just saying. <laughs> we're, we're gonna play a halloween show dressed as one biscuit i can't wait there you go do it <laughs> i get to have the most fun was it chocolate starfish and hot dog flavored water three dollar bill <laughs> no it was significant other uh, uh, she heard the track with method man and, and just um yeah that was <laughs> the line yeah. <laughs> all right the next question is is similar but it is Different enough that I like to ask it anyway. What is a no skips album for you? Something you're putting on and you're letting play start to finish. The new Metallica album. No, I'm sure. Sorry. <laughs> That's Dan's no skips album right now. It's nice. I'll, I'll I'll take this one. Unfortunately, it's the new Scissors record because I sit there all day, every day, <laughs> judging my mixes and fucking have to change it all the time so oh, i no. i haven't listened to new music in like six years so i have no idea what's going on in this world so i hope there's a whole new uh we are the world by now <laughs> <laughs> probably is i mean I don't know. well if you need suggestions on new music it's just great at that <laughs> Might I point you to this playlist that we mentioned earlier? Like, <laughs> Taylor's on it. Uh, <laughs> oh, that that would be the one selling point for me to listen because I don't give a flying fuck about music these days. Well, there's something there's something to me that I I think is actually interesting about that going into writing and recording and mixing new stuff without having paid much attention to current music. Like, like, I think, I don't know, sometimes an artist can be a little maybe too easily or subconsciously influenced by what's popular or whatever when you're just like, I'm writing what's coming to me and what I am digging. So that's kind of cool. Oh, yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I mean, most of this record I wrote like a fart when I, <laughs> it was most of the I wrote like when every relevant like you know how new metals back and there's tool system of down everyone's starting deftones everyone's back around with new records and stuff yep when i wrote most of this record phil was on tour with me and heard most of the demos like in the van I was stoked but i tried to take my take on bands that were ill you know irrelevant at the time the way i would write to like entice their fans and then now everyone's back relevant so now it's just you know oh here's a chapter record <laughs> wow, wow. yeah bump, bump. <laughs> <laughs> all right anybody else have a no skips you want to throw in here yeah uh and I, i've got multiple answers again um i would say hybrid theory from lincoln park there of you course go. like that record is perfection from front to back um something that's not rock and you might find weird uh it's it's an artist called zoo z-h-u the night day ep Hmm. it's uh like house music and uh i don't know i call it cocaine music although i don't do cocaine (laughs) um but it just you know it's 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 cool club music and actually uh the song um uh cocaine model which you know again <laughs> like i said it's cocaine music but like let it's, me reiterate it's one of my favorites <laughs> like i literally i wake up to that song every single day like that's my alarm like i don't feel like i wake up in a shitty mood when i hear that song so it's become a very big staple in my life um and my last pick would be manic by wage war that record is fucking sweet nice 
What about you, Phil? So for me, I th- I take these things too literally because all like all the records I think of, I'm like, ah, oh, but I do kind of skip that or that's got this. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the closest I've got um, would be um, the second STP record, Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, I think they call it Purple. Okay. Um, that that one I can listen to all that. So that was one of my driving records. I would drive. I put that on when I'm driving. Oh, speaking. That's actually helpful. Yeah. So, um, Bon Jovi. Um, was it New Jersey? I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. Steve's heard that many times on the road when I've been driving. Yeah. That that's one actually I do. I don't skip a single song. I can I can sing along. To, yeah. I have peed in so many Gatorade bottles while. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I'll, I'll leave it at those two those those two will st- i'll stand by nice all right all right let's do one more here name a band that everyone should see live mm, uh, for, who uh well so uh vola they're they're a swedish band and actually um that was one of the reasons why i worked with jacob herman the guy who just produced the new record um that i did um uh with my band but um he you know they're they're my bass player james told me about them there's a song called head mounted sideways and uh the music video and the song is just one of like everything is so cool all the way around it but um we saw them at a really tiny intimate venue on their first u.s tour um last year and it like what the entire time it, like uh, i went with my my girlfriend macy and uh james and, and his partner met us there um and just i remember all four of us looked at each other and we we're like i can't believe we're seeing this band in this small of a setting it's it felt special that we got to witness them and that's because like they're they're going to be huge they already are over overseas but like it's just a matter of time for the u.s like really picks up in my opinion but that 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 record they just put out is awesome nice so v-o-l-a vola okay cool cool thank you all right so for me besides taproot on tour in the fall supporting the new record scissors out (laughs) september 29th with original drummer jared montague new guitarist taylor roberts um and original members steve and phil um, besides that, <laughs> he had a whole checklist. Um, he just he was marking yeah. off for that one. Yeah, he had to get all these. <laughs> but um, we have a uh, my, my favorite bands right now. One of the only bands I really listen to on a regular basis is uh, Nothing More, introduced to me by none other than Taylor Roberts here. Um, <laughs> those are my boys, man. I love those guys. Yeah, you 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 pl- you played uh, Ballast for me for the first time, and I was just like blown away. And then I listen to them more. I've met the guys. We, you know, I consider myself friends with the guys. And you know, every record they've done, I've loved, and I've seen them live multiple times now. And every time, it's just a such a good show. They, they have so much energy, such a good stage presence. You get to see the singer Johnny without his shirt on. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, they're they're all handsome boys. It's not fair. Yeah. It's yeah, not fair at all. And he's got the voice of an angel. Like, yeah, jerk. Dude. It's the no shirt, no shoes show. <laughs> yes, yes. I'd say if it was like if Adam Ant was still cool, but he'd only have two songs. So I right now, as far as live full or you know nonstop, I'd have to go with Taylor Swift. I mean, what the fuck? That's the second that's interview awesome. in a row that somebody's a second interview in a row. Somebody's answered that actually. Yeah, that's no joke. Well, she needs the help. She needs the help to get fans out this <laughs> yeah, year. So that's why sure. we, 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 <laughs> we're just doing our part, Taylor. Remember us. <laughs> I want to go see her full set live. I will not spend anything. So I'm happy. <laughs> there you go. Well, Phil, Taylor, Stephen, thank you guys so much for joining us. And, and congratulations on the, the major award of winning March Bandness. Yes. We promised a little bit of prestige or something that you could loosely assume is prestige just, i don't really know just send us a leg lamp i walk with my head higher ever since then yeah i mean i'm sure you get free stuff whenever you go into like restaurants now but you won our <laughs> presence at your show on october 1st there yes. you go <laughs> <laughs> well thank you guys again we're looking forward to i mean both albums the b-sides one the new one looking forward to the tour there's a big year for y'all and it's pretty cool to see yes oh no thank you for having us serious 
It was dope. Thanks. That was our conversation with Phil, Taylor, and Steven of Taproot. I love having multiple members of bands on the show. It can get chaotic, with, especially with the three of us, uh, but it, it's just awesome seeing that dynamic uh, that the band members have, how they support each other, and basically push each other to be the best they can be. Agreed. Especially when they're so willing to, to do the interview, for one, and being that I believe all of them were on East Coast time, and they did it way late at night. <laughs> of their accord, that wasn't us pushing them right. to do that. That was their right. volunteer time. But yeah, that was, the way, and we were very grateful for that. So thank you to the three of you guys for that in particular. And Taylor being on a <laughs> red eye flight or whatever the yeah the day before. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was still jet lagged. He was he had yeah he had just gotten home from an international flight, and he was still ready to hop on there. Yeah, with no food, apparently, or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the most interesting takeaways for me, and to Dan's point about having multiple members of a band in an interview, is seeing different personality dynamics. And you really had three pretty strikingly different personalities within this, because you have Stephen, the front man, who, you know, self-admitted in the conversation, he's kind of got this self-deprecating, kind of bleak sense of humor about him. You've got Phil, who is very much the record maintainer. He's the guy who clearly is, you know, handling a lot of the business and, and he's got the informational answers regarding the band. And then you have Taylor who, you know, he's the new kid and he's happy to be there, like playing with some, some guys that he grew up idolizing. Yeah. And you can't see it because we're audio, but like Taylor's face just like lights up when, you know, when he's talking about playing with them and, and what this means to him. Yeah. Even after being jet lagged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and exhausted, extremely exhausted. He's still lighting up. And another quick shout out to Taylor. We mentioned this. We mentioned this in the interview, but his main act that he's the front man of is called Riding with Killers. Uh, they just put out a song called Hostility. And to kind of further what he was saying, he recently he just posted today as of this recording that their music video has been added nationwide to gyms across North America which basically all the main gyms, Planet Fitness, Gold's, LA Fitness, 24-Hour, like pretty much if you're out there working out and that place has TVs with music videos playing, there's a decent chance you're going to see Taylor on there with his bright red hair. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So congratulations and kudos to them. That's pretty sweet. And it meant a lot to him, as he mentioned, because he's he he went on a 90-pound weight loss journey himself, and uh, that is that is no small feat. No, not at all. I'm just really excited to hear all the the new stuff and then to uh, check out some of the B-sides. I haven't checked it out as much as other fans out there, I'm sure, that have already heard it from years back. But also, uh, just really excited to see them live in Detroit. That's going to be fun. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, I've It's been years since I've seen them live, and uh, they were great when I seen them back in the day and i'm sure that they still are and of course they're going to be with some great company as well yes this is a, one of those where casey um i believe he booked us of his own accord without approaching yeah. us first i'm pretty yeah. sure he was just like i bought tickets to a concert in detroit we're like uh what <laughs> yeah, we still have no idea about the logistics of how we're getting there, <laughs> where we're staying. Like, we have nothing planned at this point. We just have tickets and we know we're going. That's all we know. <laughs> Fortunately, I have months to figure it all out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, we got this Nashville thing figured out in a couple of weeks. So, sort of. Yeah. yeah. Some of you do. Maybe. Yeah. So I was like, you sort might of. not. Two uh, of we're us ready do. To roll, man. Like, <laughs> a third of us is fretting. So. And and who knew that the itch would become quite the uh, touring gig <laughs> this year? <laughs> that was part of it. It's just like, you know, 
this will be fun. Yeah. And I, I just, I've wanted to see a show at the machine shop and this seemed like a perfect opportunity. I mean, I feel like we need to finish the year off at Red Rocks. Like that just like, <laughs> seems like the most appropriate, you know, at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Further updates to come on the itch on tour. Uh, but in the meantime, Taproot's best of B-sides cold collection from their massive collection of demos and outtakes and, and assorted other tracks is coming out uh, probably around the time you hear this. Yeah. End of April, beginning of May. I've seen a couple conflicting reports. I believe it's the end of April. So that will be out. Their tour shows don't really start until around the time of the album release, September, October, for their their new music called Scissors once again. The first single from that is already out. You can check that out, and we'll have a link in the notes. It's called Victim I Play. There is plenty of taproot for uh, those interested. Yeah, the year of Taproot, right? Twenty three. <laughs> Who would have seen that one coming? I mean, seriously, they had a record come out. The Welcome was released on on vinyl for the first time ever this year. They're putting out the best of B sides. They're you know putting out the new album at the end of the year. So they have like three official releases this year, technically. Yeah, and not to mention like the skateboards too, right? Right. That they have these skateboards. You can go to taprootmerch.com and find those. Also, I can confirm what I just said a minute ago. Best of B-Sides is streaming May 5th. And I know that because um, Phil and Taylor are are doing a Facebook Live right now as we record this. And I clicked over <laughs> to watch it. Well, not really watch it. It's muted because we're talking. Yeah. But I clicked over and they've got a scrolling thing that's uh, <laughs> that's talking about a t- it. A ticker? <laughs> yeah so they do they do a thing called taproot tuesday i'll sell that while we're at it too yeah they have a ticker at the bottom taproot tuesday it's phil and and tom who is their their manager and the guy he he mentioned gave a lot of credit to in the interview yeah and uh this this week they have taylor with them as well so yeah there's there's literally almost too much taproot available <laughs> for, you, for you right now <laughs> yep and shout out again to our brothers and patio slave if you didn't get enough phil they have technically three episodes uh with phil that's right yeah we used it as a lot of our our research to be honest yeah (laughs) yeah we wanted these to be complimentary so we'll link to those in the notes too yeah we try not to cover the same stuff um you know we don't want to bore the artists nor our audience what if one time we did do that? Like if we straight <laughs> patio slave or somebody had an interview with somebody and then we literally just asked the same questions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just, if oh, we could get different answers. That'd yeah. Like, terrible. let's see. Does your story hold up? Are you changing your tale? What do you, what do you got to hide? <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed the interview. Thank you very much for listening to the itch podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time. Enjoy the year of Taproot. <laughs> if you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the itch. Check out the show notes for links about the episode, as well as our new music playlist and where you can hear us every Sunday night. And you can interact with us at itchrocks.com or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S.